Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor with a group practice here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I specialize in women as well as maternal mental health. Here on the podcast, we'll talk about womanhood, motherhood, and a little bit of everything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Push Through Podcast, and I'm excited to announce our next guest, Cherise Smith, who is a licensed professional counselor, a mother of three, a Californian, um, a jack of all trades. Thank you, Sharice, for being on the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Now, I know I know you because our husbands are friends, but tell our listeners a little bit more about you. Okay. So, like you said, I'm originally from California. I came out to Atlanta, Georgia in 2003 Mm -hmm. to go to Spelman College where I graduated. And um, while I was in grad school, I met my husband, Brandon, and he, you know, that relationship made me see, okay, let me stick it out in Georgia a little longer (laughs) and see what happens. Stick it out. (laughs) And I never left and never went back to California because we got married. Um, Now we have three wonderful little kids. Uh, actually, two the, the two older boys, they're getting ready to have birthdays this next week. They're going to be um, six and four. Oh. And then my baby girl is 10. Well, she'll be 10 months old in about a week or so. Wow. Um, outside of that, um, I'm a licensed professional counselor, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a private practice where I deal mainly with black women who are dealing with depression, anxiety, or other just life transitional issues. I also work for a managed care company where I'm the team lead for utilization management and just looking at other ways to um, increase my income. Hmm. Love that. Love that. Um, Okay. So we're going to jump into all the motherhood stuff and plus all the things that you have on your plate, but just out of curiosity, was it culture shock coming from California to Georgia? What was that like? Okay, so when I was in high school, and I told everybody I wanted to go to HBCU, people were like, oh, are you sure you want to go to a college with a lot of Black people? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my parents were very, like, Afrocentric, Black, Black kind of people. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm like, of course I do. Um, and I had people, other black people who were like, you know, it might be a culture shock. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. So I loved it. It, mm. it wasn't even a culture shock for me. I was just so looking forward to being just immersed in a, you know, atmosphere with other black people. What was most surprising to me is how different black people can be. That's where mm. I really learned that going into college mm-hmm. was that, you know, yes, we're black. There's so much diversity right. within our culture. So um, it wasn't actually until I went back home. I remember because you know you're just immersed. You, you can't really leave campus because you don't have a car. Um, so you're immersed in the culture. And then I went home for winter break mm-hmm. for Christmas. 
when I tell you I was more culture shocked going back home ah. <laughs> than I was coming to Georgia, mm. that is the truth. I, I, because I had not seen a lot of other people for months, you mm -hmm. know, at that time. So to go and, you know, there's a high Hispanic population in California and then just to see white people and other people, it was just like, oh my gosh, I forgot about all yeah. these other cultures. Yeah. Because you just get so excited being amongst your own, so. Right. That, that is an awesome explanation. And I just wanted, you know, what that perspective about, because what part of California are you from? I'm from Riverside, California, so that's Southern California. Oh, Southern California. Okay. And then, um, so, quick story. With being that I specialize in maternal mental health, right, I often like to read different types of research and, and data um, on, like, how the world and the environment is impacting mothers and those trying to conceive or whatnot. And the census report from 2020 had came out. And it was saying now the average woman is having like one or two children. And um, in the days of like our parents or our parents' parents where, you know, three was the standard or like four or five or even in our great grandmothers, you know, they could have like eight or ten. Um, right. But they've said that they've decreased because student loans, um, the cost of living, uh, education private prices if you want to put your child in private school. And then them also wanting to maintain a lifestyle or vacationing and shopping and trying to like balance that out um, with paying to have your child and also wanting to go to the Bahamas for the week with your friends or with your husband or whatnot. And so people are having right. fewer children. And another thing that stood out was a lot of women were saying how, you know, self-care was so important. And so they were choosing to have fewer children than our ancestors have had because they are mindful of how they take care of themselves. So before we get into being a mom of three, um, did you always know that you wanted to be a mom or was that something that you kind of like stumbled into? Um, I've always known I wanted to be a mom since I was growing up. I mean, I knew that eventually I was going to want to have kids. Um, my parents were younger parents, so... My mom had me, I think she was around 19 years old, and my dad is three, about three years or so um, older than her. So they were young, and I enjoyed them at their age because I felt like they were, they could be, he, there were people that I wanted to be around, mm -hmm. but yet they were also, you know, they also gave me discipline and structure. Like they weren't like typical young parents who'd be out partying and, you know, that kind of stereotypical vibe. Um, but I just really liked their age. So I always knew like, okay, I, I had a plan. I'm a person that always has a plan. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, when I'm, I'm gonna finish college at this age and I'm gonna go get my graduate degree. And then by that time I'll meet my husband around 25 by 27, I'm gonna have kids. Mm -hmm. So I just knew I was gonna have kids around 27. Did that happen? No. Um, <laughs> it was more around 30 or so. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to be an older parent, like older than what I thought mm -hmm. I was going to be um, growing up. Uh, but I, I just knew that that was something that I wanted in my life. Mm. So hearing you say that about your mom and how, you know, she was very active and involved, your dad too, who were there other maternal influences for you um, growing up and you thinking yeah. now, like, who influenced how you wanted to parent or how you wanted to be a mom? Who were those those women? 
Yes, yes. Um, so outside of my mom, my grandmothers, both of them, mm -hmm. were very influential in my life. Um, while my parents went to work, I stayed with my um, grandmother on my dad's side. So she would watch me and my brother. Um, and that happened from the time that I was like a baby all the way to through high school. Wow. So she practically was like my second mother mm -hmm. in a sense. And she taught me just so much about myself and um, being able to withstand criticism mm. was something that she really installed in me, instilled in me, I should say. Um, also how to handle myself around men. Like mm. I remember she would always tell me, uh, always have enough money for yourself no matter where you go. That's a gym. <laughs> so that is I a gym. Did it, <laughs> yeah, if I did it, right? Even if I was going on a date or whatever, she would make sure she gave me some money so that I had it just in case, mm -hmm. you know? And so she was just just really wonderful spirit, very kind-hearted, very, very giving. And then my grandmother on my mother's side now, I wasn't there like every day, like I was with my other grandmother, but in, in my other grandmother has passed. She passed a few years ago. Actually, her anniversary of her death just was like last week. Mm. Um, but my mom's mother is still alive, and she was the person that I learned a lot of creativity from. Mm. So she taught me how to cook. Um, and my other grandmother did too, but just to an extent. She was more like, okay, you can watch me, but you're not really going to help. help. <laughs> so, but my other grandmother, she let me get into it. She would do these crafts with me and my cousins. Ooh. We would go to the dollar store and buy like just wicker baskets and lace and beads and all sorts of things. Oh, and then wow. we would use the hot glue gun to decorate the baskets and just do random things like that. So I always said to myself, okay, I want to be that kind of grandmother. Like I want to be our not just grandmother but mother i want to yeah. be engaging and do creative things and just be hands-on um she attended all of my dance recitals everything any major event my that grandmother was definitely there that's so. awesome that's really good so yeah. and, and it's great that you had like multiple generations of women and different women teaching you different things so you can get a little bit from everybody and kind of put that into to space. Cause, oh, and that's yeah. also awesome, like, as a black woman to, like, be put on in that way to know how to navigate, like, your own womanhood when you, you know, yes. got older. That's amazing. Um, definitely. My own mother was just, I mean, her, her and herself, she's just mm. amazing. She's definitely my role model. She's a total boss. She gets things done. She's always there for anything. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she would sacrifice anything just to make sure that her kids had everything. So, yeah. That's great. Is so, she still in California or did, is she over here often? She is. She she comes out. Um, she's actually going to be here next week for the kid's birthday. Mm -hmm. So she comes out pretty often. Um, she lived here for a moment. So right after I had my second child, Aiden, she came, she had retired. My mom retired pretty early. Mm -hmm. And um, she was like, well, I don't have anything else to do. So I'll come and I'll stay and just, you know, help you out. I'm like, I'm going to have two kids. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. So she, she stayed here for months. And she was like, you know what? 
I think I'm gonna stay. Mm. So she got her an apartment and she stayed here for probably about two years, if that, between like a year and a half to two years. Um, she eventually went back to California because she got this job offer that she couldn't turn down. And, yeah. you know, with her retirement plus this job, it was just like a oh, no-brainer. Wow. Yeah. And she had to be stationed in California. So she did go back, but she still always wow. comes when she can. Okay. So then, all right. So the timeline didn't go exactly, but you did meet your husband. You guys got married and then you had your first. What was pregnancy and labor and delivery like for you? Was it everything that you imagined or was there any challenges? Okay, so this is gonna sound really weird. So the biggest, there's two surprises that I had Mm -hmm. um, in delivery. One was that they were not gonna allow me to eat anything. Um, (laughs) I just wish I would have known that Mm -hmm. ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Um, My son, he came early he was three weeks early so he was just at what's considered full full term at 37 weeks literally he had just turned 37 weeks the day before and um so it was a surprise i hadn't ate and i had ate like around five o'clock that night before Mm -hmm. and then i started my water broke around one o'clock that next morning um and what was interesting about that whole process is that I went to the doctor that day for a checkup and I felt like he wasn't moving as much as possible. So it was just a really weird day. So when I went to the doctor, they said that my blood pressure was high and had not had high blood pressure this whole pregnancy. And they were like, well, you're gonna have to pee in this bucket for the weekend and bring it back so we can test whatever they're looking for to see if I have like preeclampsia. And then my muc, I had discovered that my mucus plug had came out um, what else? And then they had to put those straps on me so they could monitor him because I said that I didn't feel like he was moving as much. So it was just kind of stressful. And right. I remember on my way home calling my mom and saying like, mom, I don't know, you might have to go ahead and pack the bag and consider coming because I don't know if I'm going to make it the whole way. Yeah. And she was like, really? I'm like, yeah. So that night I was actually at home, um, ordering from Target all my final baby stuff that I hadn't got yet because mm-hmm. I, I just you know you get that nesting yeah. kind of instinct and yeah. I was just doing I was sitting on the couch and I had been using the bathroom a whole lot and I I went to the bathroom I came back sit down and then I felt all this liquid come out of me I'm like no, I just went to the bathroom like this is ridiculous <laughs> so I'm like okay no I think my water broke so I go upstairs tell my husband who was sleep and he's like oh my gosh really and so we go to the and it's april fool's day oh and so i call my mom i said mom my water broke you need to get a flight i knew i cannot do the labor and delivery without my mom there. yeah like that was the plan i needed my mom to be there i told you i'm a planner yeah and so she was like oh my gosh are you is this an april fool's joke is it not at two o'clock in the morning no. <laughs> i'm not that clever so she got away. She did make it there for the birth, but I had not ate until since like that five o'clock that day before, and they would not allow me to eat or drink anything, mm-hmm. and I didn't have him to like ten o'clock or something that, that night. Oh, that night. Yeah. Wow. So that next, so that Thursday that to that Friday, day. I didn't have him till ten p.m. or so, and they they were like, well, we can give you ice chips. I'm like. Yeah. I chips are like, yeah, but try not to drink the liquid from them. 
I'm I like, know, right? You just want me to bite the ice chips? Oh, yeah, but what is, yeah. Get a little bit of liquid. <laughs> I'm like, this is horrible. Nobody told me this. So it was that. And then the other surprise was um, the epidural. I did. I had an epidural, and I did not know that I wasn't gonna feel my legs. Mm. I don't know what I thought was gonna happen. I yeah. guess I just thought it was gonna numb that area. Yeah. But I didn't know I would. I wasn't gonna be able to feel my legs, and that freaked me out. Yeah. Like I was mentally, I could not take it. I was telling my husband, I was like, "Hey, I said just move my leg, just so I know it's there. Just yeah. move it." I was. I was really acting crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's hard. I mean, I same sentiments. I think like with your first, there's just a lot of things that you don't know, things that people don't think to tell you. Um, right. You'll have like a general concept, but you don't. And then some things. I think I used to think like when your water broke was like TV. Like I thought it literally was like this gush, but mine right. wasn't. Mine was like a little slow. Like you pee on yourself. It wasn't this whole like event or whatever with your when your right. water breaks. But okay, so that's good. At least you communicated it with your mom. You adjusted. How was it for you after he was here, or even like when you had gone home? What was that experience like? Well, at the time, um, the hospital that we were at, they did say that they gave us one moment where they were like, "You just need to rest." If you need to just go to sleep, we'll take him and, you know, we'll keep him for a couple hours. And I was like, what? That was the only pregnancy experience where they actually did that. Because yeah. nowadays they're like, they do not remove I the know. baby from your room. Mm-hmm. unless it's an absolute must. Right. Um, so that was nice. Um, it was nice for them to do that. Uh, my son had jaundice. Mm-hmm. So he had to, and he had the had it to the point where he had to be put under the little uv mm-hmm. thing with the little glasses and mm-hmm. that was hard yeah to watch him there and not be able to just hold them and mm-hmm. stuff like i would like to um the other thing that was really difficult was because my water remember i told you my water broke at like one o'clock in the morning that day but i didn't have them till 10 and i didn't have contractions so they had to induce me in order to get my contractions started um, when you go that long, where between when your water breaks and when the baby is actually comes out, there's like, you know, that can be a risk dangerous. For infection. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. So they had to, um, to instead of me really getting to just hold him like immediately and do that kind of bonding, they had to take him and do some testing and things like that. That seemed like it took forever Mm. so that was disappointing because i didn't expect that yeah that is yeah that's tough um so within like the first year of you being a first-time mom i'm assuming your mom was here um your husband was here so you had support do you feel like you adjusted to motherhood well Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my mom stayed for a little bit. I mean, at that, that time, she was still working, so she only stayed for so long. Mm-hmm. But um, I, you know, my husband's mom was here. Um, it was more stressful than I think it needed to be mm-hmm. when I first had him because there was just other things going on in my life that were stressful yeah. during the time, and that just... It was a lot. Yeah. But 
I mean, I persevered through it. Um, I do have a good support system. So even though my mom wasn't here, like I have friends here that were very supportive and yeah, I mean, after getting over those kind of humps from other things going on in my life personally, things were a lot better. That's good. That's good. And you know, that's when I first had Ezra, I had postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And similar to you, it was just like environmental stressors. And I um, unfortunately didn't have any support. And my husband worked out of town. So I was just by myself with this child who was colic and all of these unnecessary things going on. And it was just like, get me out of here. (laughs) It was just, you know, it's a lot. It is a lot. Um, But like you said, being able to persevere and get through it. So with your second, having, you know, gone through this the first time, you know, I know a little Mm -hmm. bit more. Do you feel like your first helped prepare you for the second? And did it make it for a more ideal labor delivery that you would have wanted to have? Or did it have its own differences too? Um, well, with my second, I came in knowing some questions I wanted to ask the doctor just Mm -hmm. about the process Mm -hmm. because of my first experience. So like, will you allow me to eat? That was my (laughs) my number one question. And actually they were like, yeah, you can eat, which was really weird and different. But I'm like, okay, great. So I came in to get induced for him because he actually was, um, his his, uh, delivery date had passed. So I came in for him on my first, first birthday or second birthday. So one of their birthdays is April 1st, the other one's April 2nd. Mm. So I came in to get induced on the first for the other one. And um, that one, I mean, that was fine because my mom was here. So there was no rush about whether or not she was going to be here for the delivery. Um, Both my kids, the boys had challenges as far as during the actual delivery because both of them actually had the umbilical cord wrapped around their neck. So they were, their heart rate was dropping because I was pushing them out. Um, So again, similar to my first son, there was a period where I had to wait um, for them to evaluate him before I could just hold him um, close to me. So, and then after the labor and delivery, that experience was much more peaceful. Uh, one, because my mom did not have to leave and mm-hmm. go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So she was here. So she was very helpful, especially with me having another young one. That was the thing that I was most afraid of is that the youngest one was only two mm. and he still needed a lot of personal attention. Right. So I didn't know how that was going to work, but having my mom here really helped with that. Um, and then I didn't have as many of the personal stressors going on. So it was just a better, easier time. That's great. That's a blessing. Um, now with your third, your daughter, um, yeah. was were you guys, because I feel like people ask us all the time because we have two boys of, y'all going to keep trying for a third? Y'all going y'all gonna to try to get your girl? You know, constantly right, right. we get that. Are you? <laughs> I'm not. I'm done. I'm out the game. <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> but um, did did you intentionally want to try for a girl? Did you always know you wanted three? Um, 
how how did it all play out? So I did not know I always wanted three necessarily. Again, going back to me being a planner kind of person, I always said as a kid that I could have two or three children. Mm -hmm. Like growing up, I would say I wouldn't mind having two or three or three, but it really was two was, you know, a good solid okay. Mm -hmm. But I said if I have two of the same sex, then I would try for a third. Mm -hmm. And so I went into my marriage and my relationship letting him know that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, you don't need to talk. You have that talk. How many kids do you want? Mm -hmm. So I would say if we have two of the same sex, then depending on finances and everything else. So it wasn't that it was just an automatic, but if we were okay and in the stable situation, then I would want to try again for whatever sex that was. And at the time he had said he agreed, you know, he was in the same space. At the time. (laughs) Two boys, right? Then he's like, oh, I've got two boys. I've got my boys. And he was so afraid, I think, that if we did try a third for a third one, it would be a boy. Um, because his mom had all boys. Uh, you know, so he was like, well, maybe I just have boys. And yeah. we have a third one and it's a boy. And he was really on the, I do not want any more kids, period. Oh. Yeah, he, Brandon, my husband, he did not want any more kids at all. And I thought it was something he was getting adjusted to, but actually it was around our our um, anniversary uh, we had a big disagreement about it I really realized at that moment wow he's serious he does not want any more kids Mm. and this is going to impact me and I've never seen myself just a boy mom not that I wouldn't mind being a boy mom I love being a boy mom but I always tell myself as having a girl because I feel like I have a lot of female energy you do you do (laughs) (laughs) I can see you having a girl so when when I had um heard that you had a girl I was like oh my gosh I could because you you are very feminine in like and I mean all of this in like a good way because I mean we're women yeah. and especially like as you talk about um your grandmothers and your mother and, and I can yeah. see like with lineage like having another extension of yourself right <laughs> right definitely all that right? I, mean, I can get down with the boys like I don't have any like my even though I am very girly like I don't mind going out there playing sports mm-hmm. and stuff like that mm-hmm. but I'm like I know that's not my destiny I was like, yeah, is this your will you know that's what you want from my life so I'm like huh so I said you know even if I had another boy I like the idea of having like a group of kids mm-hmm. especially I was thinking long term when we're like having Thanksgiving yeah. and things like that yeah. just having a bunch of people at the house yeah. and like I just like that idea. Even when I was growing up, I always, it's just me and my brother. I'm the oldest, and then he's about four years younger than me. I always wish my parents had another child. Mm. But my mom actually got her tooth tight after she had my brother at a very young age, by the way. I was like, why why would the doctor do that? Mm. She doesn't regret it. It's fine. Um, Mm. But... So I was like, and if that's the case, if I have another boy, then I'll just, you know, that, that's just what, what the will is. And I just have to go with that. That's fine. Right. But he was not having it. So we get into this real argument, really, in our, in our um, anniversary. And the month later, I was like, I have not had my period. <laughs> Look <laughs> like, at God. <laughs> I, um, I was feeling very, like attitudinal and stuff so I looked at my little period app like when is my period coming up because this must be the time I got attitude and I was like wait a minute 
I was like, wait, I'm doing the calculation. I said, now, this thing says I should have had my period eight days ago. Mind you, I have never in my life have went over my period and not known that I was supposed to have my period. So I'm like, Uh, it's been eight days. And I I didn't even like think 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 about it. You have my period? So I said, oh my gosh, Brandon, please go to the store and give me a test. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. So we got me a test. And I was pregnant. Wow. And I was like, ah, that was in God's will. Yeah. Because you told me that what happened to my baby just a month before had a whole huge issue. And I had another child. So I knew uh, my second one, I had a gender reveal. But this one, I said, I ain't got time for all that. I need to know if I get my mind right. Yeah. What, what is this baby going to be? And luckily, I was able to do that blood test really, mm. really early, mm-hmm. earlier than normal. Um, and when the nurse called me to give me my results, of course, to say that there were no issues with the real stuff that it tests for, um, she was like, and it's a girl. I thought I was just going to like burst into tears. I was so happy. And I think that that really helped my husband to just get acclimated with the fact that we were going to have three children because two is a lot. Yeah. 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 And boys are. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I have friends who have a lot of kids. She's like, if I would have had my boys first, I don't know if I would have had this many kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he really, I think, knowing we were having a girl, it really just kind of changed his attitude about the whole thing. That's understandable. But luckily, too, even yeah. before that, even though he didn't, he wasn't all thrilled about having a, a third child, he was very supportive of me. I had really bad morning sickness. Like, I don't know, it was just age or mm. what I just did not deal well at all with being pregnant and he was so supportive mm-hmm. I, he never made me feel bad like see this is what you wanted yeah he was just like whatever he needed to do with the boys and stuff he just he did it that's so. awesome that's awesome yeah. okay so my question is how is it having three? Because just like what you said, I have two boys. I know what that life is like um, of yeah. just them being rambunctious and, and all right. over the place. And um, and not only that, uh, my husband just works like a lot. And so most of the childcare just falls on me of like juggling. And um, yeah. plus I have a group practice that I run. And just me being cognizant of my capacity. I would have loved to have had a third. I would have loved to have possibly had a daughter. But I just couldn't take the risk. Like, I couldn't. But I I admire those that could, especially, like, when support is there. And um, and it can work. So how how is it having three? And how is it having the balance of all of them and being as present as you want to be? So I will say just, you know, what you're saying, that is a very scary thing. You know, when you're working and you're every and everybody's working, you have limited support because I wouldn't say that we had an abundance of support here mm-hmm. because my mom is in California, you know, and my family is in California. I do have family here, but they're not necessarily coming to help me with my kids every yeah. day. You yeah. know, um, Brandon, his mother is here but she lives an hour away Mm. so the everyday day-to-day kind of things that we would need we actually don't have any support Mm. not not like that you know so 
um, that was probably the most scariest thing, but I'm just a firm believer that God will provide for whatever my needs are, period. Mm. So if this is what I want and I'm praying to him and this is his will, at the end of the day, he's going to give me whatever I need. Um, there was a time where Brandon would work a lot too. Um, going into, actually after Aiden, even he had to do a lot of night work and a lot of overtime, what he did. And God provided, God allowed for him to get on more of a salary base instead of hourly. Mm. And with that, he hasn't had to work the overtime and things like he was doing before. Um, then we moved, um, after the second child, we moved to a, another home in the neighborhood that we lived in where we're surrounded by a lot of really good people and we developed good relationships with our neighbors and they have helped. Oh, wow. That's awesome. There's a point where I would have never been like reliant on a neighbor necessarily to help. I mean, there's a strong village here. So that's been because with COVID hitting, we don't even want to talk about COVID, you know, and having a third child, that, oh my gosh, and then my mom, I told you, she's got another job, so Mm -hmm. it's not like she can just be here. That was stressful. Yeah. I mean, it really was having to have my private practice, my my nine to five kind Mm -hmm. of job, Mm -hmm. and then the kids deciding to pull them out of of daycare, keep them here, then have another child on top of that. And how the heck am I going to do this? I still don't know. (laughs) I'm still doing it. And I still don't know how. (laughs) It's a lot. I mean, the oldest one, he's in kindergarten, so he does go to school. I ended up getting a nanny to help. And she comes like certain hours and certain days at a you know a limited base but it does help mm-hmm. um and i've just been like brandon and i we have a good balance um i see my clients in the evening hours and he takes over with the kids during that time um he gives the boys a bath typically puts them in the bed i deal with um the girl mm-hmm. chloe um and we've just been able to push through. Mm. Like I said, push through. I know. Okay? I know. Push through. That's your slogan. <laughs> we push through. And at the end of the day, God has provided. I love that. That's great. Um, not allowing fear to take over and being able to do right. what you would want and knowing that things would just right. kind of work itself out. Which, okay, so you listed, my last question, you listed like you have a nine to five plus you started a private practice and you're a mom and you're, you know, really about family and like doing family things. So you want to be present and engaged. And then you're just, you know, a whole woman who have friends and want to do your own social life type of things. How do you take care of yourself and um, what do you do for self-care? Great question. And on top of that, so uh, in November, early December, Mm -hmm. my father moved from California to Georgia and he lives with us. Oh, cool. And he has some medical needs. So he needs a lot of care. Mm -hmm. 
So we have that going on yeah. in this household. Yeah. Um, and we have a, we've been, again, blessed enough. Our next door neighbor right across the street is a CNA. So oh, she has wow. been providing caretaking services for him. Um, nice. um, but it's a lot. And we're also trying to do other things. Um, my oldest, Brandon, he's in baseball right now. The youngest, our youngest boy, Aiden, he's playing soccer. They're both getting ready to start football. Mm. So, I mean, you're just I going. You, it is yes, not you are going. <laughs> it's a lot, but self care. Um, and let me let me add I this really, to it. So, the reason uh, why I always like to ask other mothers about self care, you know, like. You know how it is, like, when you're a therapist and you know what you should... Like, you can tell people and you know what you should do, but you have to, like, yeah. really, like, tell yourself what you be telling right. people. <laughs> right. Because right. I feel like... And I only have two, Sharice. I feel like Keisha before she had kids and Keisha now, sometimes are similar. Sometimes I've just evolved. And sometimes I just miss, like, I used to be really into fashion and, you know, looking cute and, like going out to brunch and, you know, doing these things. And now I'm just, like, comfort, <laughs> like, on the go, <laughs> just trying to, like, get it done. Yeah. Let me put them down, like, just, like, task, task, Girl. task. And I have to be intentional about, okay, let me, like, meet up with a yeah. friend. Let me do something for myself. But, like, before and after, like, different. Okay. So Girl, answer the question. I'm listening. You ain't never lied, okay? <laughs> That's the story of my life. So I'll tell you a story um, about my whole self-care journey. I swear, like, you just read, like, everything from my mind, like, from how I've been operating. And, you know, as you said, as a therapist, I'm telling my almost every session, well, what are you doing for self-care? Mm-hmm. What's the, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> and it didn't really dawn on me until I, you know, with COVID and, you know, take out the kids. COVID has had a lot of people caught up mm-hmm. being in the house and not being social and shoot, forgetting how to go out and be social and things like that. And um, we've gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, we got to start getting up. I like to do things. I like to do things for myself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I had arranged to go out to brunch with a couple of my friends in the city of Atlanta, but I'm, you know, an hour away in the Gwinnett area. And I was like, okay, Brandon, you got this, great. In the car, we, he was on my nerves, okay, to be quite honest. Yeah, he was yeah. on my nerves, <laughs> kids was on my nerves, everybody was on my nerves. So it was like a frazzle trying to just get out of the, out of the house. Mm-hmm. So when I finally get in the car, I'm running late. And then my friend is texting everybody like, hey, you guys, if you guys aren't here 15 minutes after the reservation time, they're going to give our spot away. And it's Saturday. So, you know, brunch is packed yeah, everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I know I'm going to be way more than 15 minutes late by this time. And then my other friends, they're also running late. So I'm like, oh, okay, we're not going to make it. And so... <laughs> Then I get in the car and I don't have any gas. Uh, now the one time I decide to get out and go somewhere with my friends, there ain't no gas in the car. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, oh, this is so frustrating. 
So as I'm on my way to go stopping in the car, because I don't want to stop downtown. I'm like, let me do it while I'm in mm-hmm. the Gwinnett area. I was just starting to just really feel like less and less of wanting to go out. Mm-hmm. I was just not with it. And I said, you know what? Normally I would push through that kind of thing mm-hmm. just to go out and be there with my friends and stuff. I'm like, I'm going to have an attitude there. I'm not even going to really be happy, not genuinely happy mm-hmm. because I really just don't feel like going anymore. So I text them. I said, hey, guys, I don't think I'm going to make it. And they were like, OK, well, you know, I hope everything's all right. And I'm like, it's fine. So I go get my gas and I get in the car and I'm like, what am I going to go home for? To everybody in that household, on my nerves, mm-hmm. I'm in a bad state of mind. I'm like, you know what? I talk and I talk about self care all the time, but what the heck am I doing for myself? Yeah. And so I decided there's this little brunch place that I like, and I was like, I'm about to go get me some brunch to go mm-hmm. and go to a park and eat it and just chill. Oh. And that's exactly what I did, and it was so nice and so refreshing and it was just put me in a space that I needed yeah. like to say no to say no to my friends even though they were counting on me like I knew I need I needed to do something else for myself yeah you know to not go home it was just like it was an eye opener yeah. for me and I said Streets, you've got a lot going on if you do not take care of yourself and do things that bring you joy and bring you happiness then you're not going to make it. Mm. Like, And I don't want that kind of life. So I made it a priority. I said, I've got to do this more often. I told my husband, I said, I at least need one day a month yeah. to myself. Absolutely. Yes. Period. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. And I told him, and if you need a day a month, let me know because I'm not saying anything for him. He does a lot. You mm-hmm. know, he's a hardworking person. He comes here. He treats my dad like if it was his father mm. as far as how much on top of his um, caretaking he's on and everything there at all of my kids and then I know he needs time too but that's on him to make that time right. I'm giving him the space I've got to take care of me and what I know my needs are and so just like you Keisha I'm a fashion person I like dressing I've been in rags I'm looking crazy some days I'm not even taking a shower okay because I work from home yeah. so like, <laughs> and then you got the baby I'm like, I'm going to be taking a shower every day. Mm-hmm. I've made in my mind I'm going to take a shower every day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, if I am going to be looking like a bum, let me look like a cute bum. Right. You know, let right. me get some nice leisure wear yeah. to wear around the house and do my hair or something, you know. And I'm not going to say it's perfect. I'm not going to say I'm doing this every day, but I'm more intentional about it. Right. So I am doing it more and more. Um, I decided to throughout all of my old clothes clothes that were from three years ago that are more or longer that I wasn't going to wear anymore that didn't fit me correctly and I know I'm not going to be a size small anymore I that's know. fine I don't care I threw away all my clothes well, yeah. gave away them gave, gave them away and then I bought some new clothes and I'm still building on my wardrobe I'm I've been realizing like I'm not taking care of my skin because I'd be so tired at the end of the day, I'll just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Don't wash my face, you know. I'm like, let me, and not to mention my little one is, is like scratching me all over my face, period. <laughs> so I said, let me, I'm going to get some new skincare stuff mm. and have a skincare regimen. And so that's actually, I'm, I'm actively on that journey to doing more self-care. Love it. 
That is so good. I love hearing that. <laughs> I love it. And, and I like how you describe, like, just going to a park and eating a meal is a form of self-care. Because you know how some people think, oh, well, I get my nails done, I get my hair done, I get my lashes done, as if right. that's self-care. But sometimes that can be like a task. Like driving in traffic to go meet people can feel like a task. <laughs> so right. whatever yeah. is fulfilling. I love that. I love that. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate um, all of your your words and your advice and the gems that you were able to to share. Um, thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> I enjoyed being on here and telling my story, and I hope that that encourages other women to do what you need to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's important. Absolutely. In, what, in whatever way you need to make that happen, make it happen. In a little bit, even if you just start a little bit, like give yourself 30 minutes out the week or that's something and something is better than nothing. Right, right. And I always try to think of it in the way of if I don't take care of myself, then I can't be the mom that I want to be because I don't want to be in a mood all the time. I don't want to be irritable all the time. I don't want to be yelling all the time. I want to just be like at peace you know um and so and i can't do that unless i recognize um what is stressing me out and how i need to regroup and refresh so i apply all of that yes my biggest word this this year is about is joy Mm. because you can be happy but happy can be kind of temporary joy is everlasting and you have to figure out what brings you joy right and your joy cannot this is just my opinion, but your joy cannot purely primarily come from your kids Mm -hmm. because what happens when your kids get older Mm -hmm. and they're 18 and they're out the house and then you're trying to find yourself and figure out what you have to live for is you've got to find joy in you and in in something that you do personally that doesn't involve other people. Yes. So true. So true. All right. Well, thank you again for being on the show. <laughs> you are welcome. We put the lovers on a mission. Oh.